are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Can I ask you a couple of questions about the Nets? Sure. All right. It's a quiz show and you win nothing. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead host of the Lockdown Mavericks podcast and NBA channel coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network, and joining me, actually technically I'm joining him today, David Ramil, host of Lockdown Heat. David, what you got for me? Oh, not much. Uh, you, you can't really replace Wes Goldberg, but you can do a pretty good job filling in for him, I think. <laughs> you can. Wes always has takes. Every time I listen, I'm like, man, Wes always brings one take that I go, ooh, dang, I don't know if I believe in that. I don't know if I agree with that. And so Wes always bringing stuff. So he's out. He is uh, at a wedding, I believe, in the family. So enjoying, hopefully, and staying safe COVID-wise. So Wes Goldberg probably also enjoying that Steph Curry three-point contest win and all the stuff from All-Star. I'm sure he's enjoying all that. You can find him locked on Warriors. But today you have me again with David Ramil. And so we're going to get into so much stuff today. Lingering all-star thoughts. Blake Griffin going to Brooklyn. Didn't get to touch on that yesterday, so we're going to talk about that today. There's a new favorite, according to betonline.ag, our friends. There's a new favorite for title contenders, so we'll get into that. Trade rumors flying all over the place. At least we think that they are. <laughs> there, there's some kind of rumors flying around. And then we're going to get into some of our teams to watch for the second half of the season. So let's get into all that. But before we do... Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, so the All-Star weeknight, as I coined it yesterday, it was not a weekend. It was just a weeknight. It was just one. We talked about it yesterday. One thing I want to clarify about yesterday's podcast I did with Jackson Gatlin. Uh, Robert Covington was in the skills uh, the skills challenge and the skills contest. And I was so confused why Robert Covington was in the skills challenge. Didn't make any sense for him as a player. Uh, we went on, I went on a whole rant oh, about on, on the podcast. I, I know why. I know why. I and know why. yep. And many Twitter users did as well. <laughs> Definitely told me. Um, Jackson Gatlin, I both went on this whole that Jackson Gatlin hosts Locked On Rockets. He, you know, knows Robert Covington. But, David, why was, was Robert Covington in the skills challenge? Well, I think he's one the last player in the NBA to actually attend and graduate from a historically black college or university, which was the running theme in Atlanta or over the last, well, I guess, day, again, the weeknight. So uh, I, I can't remember exactly. Is it Morehouse? I'm not sure exactly what school he attended. But uh, either way, I know it was a historically black college or university. Correct. He went to Tennessee State University, was, so yeah. he's the final now, with I think with uh, Kyle O'Quinn out of the league, I think he's the final, or the only one from, a, you know, the only player from an HBCU, historically back college and university, and that was kind of the whole theme of the weekend, and they raised a lot of money for them, and so, obviously, I missed that at the beginning, and at the beginning of the uh, skills challenge, didn't get to see that, didn't see that they were making it, you know, the deal that they were making it. So I did not understand Robert Covington as a player, which I guess makes sense if he just looked at it from, you know, no context, but wanted to bring that out. Robert Covington did some great things over the weekend and he had this quote that I found on SB Nation. He said, it resonates with me every day. The Tennessee State University has been amazing for me and my life. It's something that's truly meaningful to me. I'm the lone survivor. It means a lot to me with everything that's gone What's going on towards HBCUs? It's only right that I was part of it. Completely agree. I'm, I take back my rant from yesterday. It was great to see Robert Covington there, and uh, it was awesome what the NBA did for uh, HBCUs. So I just wanted to bring that up. A point from yesterday, David Ramil. Any thoughts on the All Star Weekend? I heard that you uh, did not partake. <laughs> uh, I echo your statement about Covington, though. I think that's fantastic. I, I feel like, you know, in sharp contrast to what 
the the whole weekend has looked like at least from a PR perspective you know so much of the so many people trashing and I think rightfully so the NBA and Adam Silver for what's clearly a money grab even if they're donating part of the proceeds to HBCUs for a player like Covington to represent them especially amidst everything that's taking place for a league that's taken a big hit uh, as they were once viewed as a very progressive league this is probably uh, not a step in the right direction it's probably just evening out the playing field because they took a step back by having the all-star week in the first place and that was pretty obvious uh, from the news breaking just hours before the competitions taking place that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were in contact facing it was a very risky proposition I was opposed to the whole thing and so yes you're absolutely right I did not watch a single second of it. I saw, look, so, I mean, it's on Twitter, so you're going to see the highlights every once in a while. I know DeMontis Sabonis won something, and Steph Curry won something, and <laughs> something. Team, team LeBron, I guess, won something. But even, you know, it, the whole shadow of COVID-19 and everything else that's happening, it just, it took away from what was supposed to be a fun weekend. Look, I, I've covered the event a couple of times. It's always great to be immersed in there. You're traveling nonstop. You're going from place to place, looking for interviews, just going to events. It's so much fun. And this was none of that. This was just one night hastily put together, and it just it didn't feel quite right. So, I mean, the All-Star event probably isn't as exciting as it has been in, in years past, although I know last season's uh, All-Star game with the Elam ending, was pretty exciting. I don't think it was quite as exciting this year. I think that was a, mostly a blowout from the LeBron side of things. But overall, I just I didn't feel strongly inclined to watching the game. It felt like it was forced. I don't like putting the players at risk any more than they have to over the course of the season and for this weekend in particular that I don't think any fans were clamoring for. It's not like fans are saying, oh, I can't wait to watch the three-point shootout. I can't wait to watch Anthony Simons win the slam dunk contest. I'm not sure your typical fan even know who Anthony Simons is. So I, I just, I don't know. It, it felt a little forced. Uh, I didn't really anticipate watching anything, and sure enough, I, I wound up avoiding it pretty almost completely. Yeah, completely understand that point of view. I watched it because I was going to host Locked on NBA, and because I'm an NBA fan, I just get interested. Anytime something happens, I have That's FOMO. Fair. I have FOMO with the NBA. I don't want to be I don't want to be missing out on anything. So, yeah, All-Star, you can listen to yesterday's pod. We broke down all the different events and all that with Jackson, so you can listen to that episode if you want. Uh, the big news, though, Coming out of, I guess, this past weekend and, and last week was Blake Griffin going to the Brooklyn Nets. The Detroit Pistons bought him out. They did not stretch his contract, so that would have been a crazy amount of money that they would have to stretch. So somehow they figured out some kind of buyout, even though he had almost a $40 million deal for next season that was a player option. So I still don't think we know exactly what money was given back and all that kind of stuff. But Blake Griffin going to the Brooklyn Nets. David Ramil, does this move the needle at all? Does this even does the needle even like register that this move was made? Look, I I have to hedge my bets a little bit here because I'm anticipating a slight bump in play just because his role is probably going to be a lot more defined than it ever was in Detroit, except for that one year where he was playing at an all-star level. For the most part, it's been such a hastily put together roster. He's been declining in overall skill and health. I mean, I think that's been pretty apparent. At least in Brooklyn, knowing what you have to do alongside their big three and an established player like DeAndre Jordan, he can fit in there pretty well. Like, there's chemistry with DJ because they play together with the Clippers. He has an understanding of what KD and Harden are like because he's you know been an all-star alongside them for many years. So I feel like that's going to be a pretty good fit for him, which is why he chose them over any other team where he might have had an increased role. He will probably have a limited opportunity as far as his offense is concerned in Brooklyn, but they don't really need him to do anything. I think he just needs to be a body out there. 
I'm anticipating again that bump, kind of like the Batum comparison that everybody keeps making with the Clippers. Like you know, he was washed basically in Charlotte, and then he goes there and winds up becoming an extremely productive player. I'm not sure if it'll be to that same point. I think. Blake just isn't as healthy as he once was, and he's never going to regain that athleticism or that explosiveness that he had earlier in his career. So now it's just about finding a good role, being a good veteran presence. I think he can provide that. Look, they were my title favorites before the move, so I don't think it really makes that much of a difference. It's just about being a good fit, not being disruptive, and I think he's at that point right now where he's more interested in establishing a legacy, winning a championship, even if he just has a reduced role. Blake Griffin this season played 626 minutes, 20 games, zero dunks, 39 made threes. This is not your uh, older brother. This is not your dad's Blake Griffin anymore. This is a completely different Blake Griffin than we've you know been used to seeing. And he's not even shooting that well from three. So, yeah, I think there is going to be some kind of a bump, like you said. Uh, Jared Weissu, I think is from The Athletic, had a great tweet yesterday. He said, with all the commercials of Blake Griffin doing this prank show with the uh, the you know Impractical Jokers, he said, Blake Griffin should do a prank show where, where he looks washed for months, then gets bought out and signs with the most talented team in the league and starts playing like he's 25 again. Like, is that, like, is that on the table? <laughs> where he could just come out of nowhere and be like, hey, guys, guess what? I was still a good player this whole time. <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to tell, right? I, I mean, it, we're joking about it. But it could happen, right? I, I mean, like, I don't know what the individual motivation for him would be. Like, you see that roster construction that was so parodied and, and made fun of over the offseason, you know, bringing in eight centers, and you have their GM, Troy Weaver, saying how much he loves centers, et cetera. Yeah, and sure. I could see from Blake's perspective why he would just tank the whole affair, right? Like, why am I going to bother giving effort on a team where, like, I'm twice as old as, you know, three of their rookies? I just don't feel like the need to really – play to the level of my ability so maybe maybe he is pranking everybody <laughs> given his dry personality and his dry sense of humor i would have put it past him i mean i could see a possibility where he goes into brooklyn and all of a sudden just looks explosive again finding that role and taking it up a notch it's, it's, we've seen stranger things happen i'm sure this would probably be up there we have seen strange things happen so uh we will talk a little bit more about the brooklyn nets what that team looks like now with blake griffin Reuniting with DeAndre Jordan and creating like the weirdest center rotation, I think, in the, in the NBA possibly. So we'll get to that. We'll talk about some teams we're looking out for and get into some trade rumors as well coming up. But before we do, with the ever-increasing number of makes, models, and cars, there's so many different cars out there, so many different parts that you need, so many different types of places you could go and try to find them. But rockauto.com has everything that you need. You don't have to go to a brick-and-mortar store and try and find the right part and write down what you know, size you need of wiper blades or engine modules or anything like that. You don't have to write all that stuff down. You just go to rockauto.com. Their navigation page is super easy. You can just go there, put the make, the model, the year, all that kind of stuff on your car. It'll show you all the parts available for your car or truck. So you have that in front of you instead of trying to go to this section to find that part, this section to find that part. It's super easy to navigate there with their catalog. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much to go to one of these brick-and-mortar stores, make it a hassle, and all that? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of... 
BetOnline.ag. David Ramil, there is a new favorite for champion on BetOnline.ag. Used to be the Lakers. It's been the Lakers pretty much the whole season. The Brooklyn Nets have now overtaken them. They're plus 270 to win the championship. And the Lakers are plus 285. So uh, not a big difference there between those two. The next highest is Clippers at plus 550, Jazz at plus 700, Bucks plus 800, and then the Sixers plus 1,200. So there's a pretty big gap between the top two and then the Clippers there on a third tier and then those next two teams, the Jazz and the Bucks. Is this a reaction to the Blake Griffin move? Like, really? Is is it just this? Or is it kind of, you know, in contrast with the Lakers slide going into the All-Star break where they just looked beaten up and didn't have Anthony Davis and they're just kind of uh, going with what the, the public is kind of saying right now. Of, oh, the Nets are on this rise. They get this All-Star type name and the Lakers are on this slump because AD is out. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think the Blake addition certainly is a big name and, I guess they're just betting to the or setting those odds to the lowest common denominator, the name attraction of a player like Blake, the the recognition around the league. But they've also gone nine and one over the last ten games. It's not like they haven't been playing exceptionally well. And certainly the Lakers going through their injury issues, missing AD over that stretch, they haven't been playing nearly as effectively. From the Brooklyn side of things, I think they're really a good team. I actually thought they were title favorites, or at least not title favorites. I thought they would be the strongest contender out of the East even before they added James Harden. I was a big believer in their depth and the fact that they could incorporate Kevin Durant and and, and Kyrie Irving so seamlessly. And I thought the Steve Nash hire, as much as many people had ridiculed it, I thought it was actually a pretty good fit because he's a player's coach because he understands what they need. He knows what it takes to be there as a player, as a superstar. So I thought he worked well. And the fact that they approved his hiring, I think, was a big step for them. So you look at it all being put together the way it has. I, I just really like the Nets' chances. I, I think they're a very good team. I think eventually they'll be the top seed in the Eastern Conference. And I'm not sure as good as Philadelphia is, as good as Milwaukee or Boston or even Miami might be to to you know knock them off the throne there. I think they have a pretty good chance of representing the East in the finals. And if that's the case, that overall talent might trump anything that the Lakers are able to accomplish from a, a depth perspective or even from an experience side of things. You know, you look at Durant and Irving. They're both title winners. They've won the championship. They know what it takes to put in that grind, and they have more talent, I think, on that team than any other team in the league. Yeah, there's only three players in the NBA right now that are averaging 1.2 points per possession on isolation attempts with a minimum of four isolation attempts per game. So these are guys that you know isolate. These are guys that uh, you know score really well, basically one-on-one players. Right. And there's only three players in the NBA that qualify for that, that are scoring 1.2 points per possession on four more isolation attempts a game. Kevin Durant, James yeah. Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Those yeah. are the only three players in the NBA. It's, I was going to say, they must be teammates, right? Yeah. <laughs> all three of them. Uh, and I think De- like DeMar DeRozan, I think, was the next closest. He didn't have enough uh, attempts. But he. It, it's just wild to see that those three guys doing what they do. And it's different than the Clippers, right? It's different than that kind of a team last year. It's different than... You know, some of these other teams we've seen in the past, they just throw a bunch of stars together. Just We've never seen this amount of firepower on one team. And so we've also never seen Kyrie and Harden on, on teams where they're – well, we've never seen Harden on a team where he's a worse player than somebody else, right? And you can argue with him or Durant, but Durant has done it. He's been there. We have Steve Nash, who's, who's 
experience as a player and has been to at least the conference finals and can, you know, help, hopefully help them through some, some stuff like that. Like it's really hard for me to look at any of these other East teams and think, man, they're really going to take these guys out, especially just looking at the, the Sixers and how they've fared in playoffs of past. And the last time they went really far, they had Jimmy Butler. They don't have that. They have Tobias Harris. Now, you know, where, where Jimmy Butler is, David, you're, you're well aware of where Jimmy Butler is now. He's not with that team anymore. So it's a little different. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to bet on the, on the nets to, to make the finals. And I don't think that there's anything that can kind of talk me out of that, depending on, I don't know, maybe an injury or something from this team. Yeah. I don't, I don't anticipate that being the case either. Right. I mean, like Philadelphia, I, I mean, you never expect an MVP type player like Joel Embiid to regress, but I mean, he's shooting so exceptionally well. Is it something that he can sustain throughout the second half of the season, especially if he's forced to miss time. Like, I don't even know at this point how his, his brush with a COVID-19 positive uh, barber during the All-Star event might have, uh, impact the, his uh, play in the second half of the season. You know, you hope that he's at least able to be healthy and not miss a substantial amount of time. But as far as his overall shooting, his impact, can he sustain it? I, I mean, you always have health concerns with Joel, even though I think he's mostly been healthy. and I don't think he's missed some games, but not not as many as he has in seasons past. I mean, it seems like it's a lot more precarious in Philadelphia than it is in Brooklyn. Like I just I look at that overall town, the experience and everything else they have there, and I'm just I I kind of see them as being a strong contender. I mean, Miami has experience. They they went through what they did in the bubble. They have their depth. They've got Jimmy Butler playing at an MVP level, although nobody's talking about. But they're still a piece or two away from from being legitimate contenders. Boston, who knows what they can do? And maybe Milwaukee might be the dark horse there. Strong, you know, strange to consider them a dark horse considering how good they were last year. But if everything shapes up the way it has over the first half of the season, I think they're trending in the right direction. If that's the case, they're going to continue to be a, a strong team. They're going to get better and better. Maybe they have the most talent, depth, and everything else. But again, their biggest question mark always how they perform in the playoffs. And if that's yeah. the case, I mean, what other team do you really see as a strong contender? I, I just don't see it in the East. Yeah, for this season especially, it's so weird. Every night I turn on games and I'm like, I don't know what to take from this game. And so you're trying to look for givens. You're trying to look for what are the guaranteed things. And I know for sure I can get a bucket from Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. They've shown it in the playoffs. Now, Harden has, you know, in some of those elimination games, he's sort of shied away or not shot as well in those in those type of games. But he can turn to Kyrie, who has hit the one of the greatest shots in NBA history, or Kevin Durant, who has shot teams out of the playoffs and all that. So... I know that I have that from those guys. Some of these other teams, I'm not exactly sure what I have, right? They're, they've been, you know, question marks. What what the Sixers did in the bubble last year, I cannot overlook. That taste in my mouth, seeing that team, you know, just completely, like, quit on the season and do the one, two, three Cancun thing, basically, in that first-round series. Yeah. I know they were missing Ben Simmons and all that, right? I, I, I'll admit that. But there's just something about that. Maybe I'm just biased. Maybe our friend Keith Pompey can talk me out of it. But there's something about that I just can't believe in. And then the Celtics, we've just seen them kind of fall off this last you know couple weeks and a little bit of a, of a comeback but when they're missing anybody it's just it's really really telling so yeah that that's that's what's going on in the east it's like brooklyn and everyone else yeah that's right i i mean look Miami is trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, Milwaukee has been okay of late. Uh, and you mentioned Boston having one four straight. That's a positive, but I, there's so much instability there. And you look to see if maybe the trade, maybe the East can improve overall at the trade deadline. But I, I, 
you know, you're starting to hear more and more about all these potential rumors and everything else like that. And it seems like almost every team is more interested in buying rather than selling. And so you don't know, like all these players that are supposedly and allegedly reportedly available and who's acquiring them because they all seem like they want a talented player in exchange. Like even the rebuilding teams, and there aren't very many, like there's so many teams that are in the thick of it as far as from the standings perspective. Like even the Washington Wizards that everybody believes is really terrible, they're only a few games out of the playoff spot. They could be potentially, you know, a few more great performances from Bradley Beal. Maybe Westbrook returns to somewhat efficiency. And if that's the case, maybe they can be in the play-in tournament. So it's just... Forget that. They're two games out of the eighth seed. They could like a couple of missed shots here and there and they could just be back into it, right? Like a couple of clutch games. Yeah, I mean, if they trade... Kyle Lowry from Toronto, all of a sudden Washington's right in there. So, I mean, it's just... It's weird. I don't know. It's such a strange season. I was just talking to Rob Mahoney of the Ringer about this for Lockdown Heat, and... You know, it's all about persevering, right? I mean, so much to look forward to in the second half of the season, but a lot of it is just about trying to figure out any kind of sense of stability, just trying to get a sense of who you are, building your identity slowly but surely so that you can, you know, Eric Spolstra is very fond of saying that he likes building positive habits throughout the course of the season because you want to be able to peak at just the right time as you're entering the playoffs. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams adapt that kind of mentality about just trying to get better slowly and surely because so much of the regular season really isn't going to matter because you're you're talking about losing players here and there, you know, postponing games, difficult schedules, the travel and the insanity that this season has brought. It's so difficult for players to just make those kind of adjustments regularly that I think that's what we're going to look forward to in the second half of the season, just trying to get a sense of stability. And I think the Nets kind of already have an identity, right? They already know that they can score on anybody. Their defense is not going to be the best, but maybe with some of these moves, maybe when they get all their guys together, they can improve their communication on defense and all that. But we know they're going to put buckets on anybody. Their offensive rating is like almost five points per 100 possessions better than the Mavericks last year, who had the best offensive rating of all time. Like, that's what it is. They're just going to put buckets on you. All right, coming up, let's get into some of those trade rumors. We'll talk about that. And get into you know some of these names that are floating around, see if any of them are actually going to change teams. What do these trade rumors even mean? We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, we've been talking about BetOnline.ag, and you guys know it's the fastest and easiest way to get in and put some money down on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA is going just full steam ahead. We talked about odds to win the 2021 championship. Uh, David, you want to guess where your Miami Heat are as far as odds to win the 2021 championship? Not too good. It's not that bad though. There's so there's really? the top five teams I mentioned. So the Nets, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Bucks. Then you got Sixers. They're plus twelve hundred. Suns plus twenty five hundred. Nuggets plus twenty eight hundred. Celtics plus thirty three hundred. And then the Heat and Mavericks right there back to back. Heat plus four thousand. And then Mavericks plus five thousand. Our two teams are right there. I guess that's like the top what fifteen, top twelve even. Uh, hey, so hey, it, this season you're in the top half of the uh, the, the, the conference. That's fine, you know. You're you're you're, you're up there. You're making. We'll progress. take that. We'll take that. I mentioned this on Lockdown Mavs the other day, but if you bet a hundred dollars for the Minnesota Timberwolves to win the title and they do, how much money do you think you would make? <laughs> Enough to retire from the Locked On Podcast Network. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars you would make. Right. Not enough then. Hundred dollar bet. Well, you can put more than a hundred dollars down if you wanted. You could double that. Two hundred dollars down, you can win five hundred thousand. That's still incredible. I don't think the Timberwolves are winning the title, but if you do, go to betonline.ag. When you sign up, use that promo code Locked On and get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important to have a reliable source. Most people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, more than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your pods. All right, David Ramil, there's been some trade rumors. Uh, our, our friend Kevin O'Connor at The Ringer is just, just throwing out all kinds of different people and names and stuff, and it's going around. I know Heat fans are in your mentions, Mavs fans are in my mentions about all these different players. Uh, first of all, let's start with the Cleveland guys. That was kind of a report from Cleveland.com that teams are asking about Larry Nance. There's teams that have interest in Kevin Love, Andre Drummond. Do any of those guys – I don't see Larry Nance changing teams. I think he loves it in Cleveland. Every tweet that I see from him, that great back and forth with him and Channing Fry, like stuff like that makes me think he just loves being Cleveland. I don't think he wants to move. But some of those, those other two guys I could see moving. I mean, are you really going to take on Kevin Love's contract? I understand that he is probably a very capable stretch big at this point in his career. I'm sure he can bounce back from injury. But given his injury history and the fact that he might be considered a little bit prone to injury and his age and the fact he's getting paid a lot of money over the next few years of his contract, maybe it's not as egregious as Russell Westbrook or John Wall or even Blake Griffin if you had made, traded for that full contract. But it's up there. It's one of the worst contracts in the league. It's, or at least in terms of value, I think it's a pretty bad deal. Uh, you know, Kevin himself is a fine player, an all-star level player if he's healthy. I just don't see any teams making an acquisition of, of love via trade. Maybe if they somehow agree to a buyout, but I just don't think he'd give up that kind of money. I think he's fine in that situation. I just don't see him getting moved. Larry Nance Jr., to echo your thoughts, absolutely. I, I, I think he's a, he's not a guy you build around, but he's certainly the kind of role player you want on your team. He, he just does a little bit of everything well. He defends, he rebounds, he scores, he can shoot. You know, He's making plays for others, he hustles. Like, that kind of player is somebody you necessarily have to have on your roster. I don't see what you're going to get in exchange from. You're not going to get a star level player, nor are you going to get a couple of draft picks in exchange for a guy like Larry Nance. So I think you just keep him and hope for the best. Well, part of that rumor was that the that Cleveland said they received a uh, an offer that was multiple picks, and I think even multiple firsts, which is oh, a, really which is a, a pretty wild a pretty wild thing. I'm pretty sure it was multiple firsts or just multiple picks, but still. Uh, yeah, that's pretty wild that they would get multiple picks. For the market guy. is so crazy. Like this year has shown me like trading for a player. And again, we deal with this when we get anybody uh, that's available via trade rumor. It's like, oh, let's trade away our 15th man and a future second, second <laughs> round pick that won't convey for X superstars. Like, no, like even second level or mid tier superstars or stars are getting like these huge Huge packages in, in exchange, like pick swaps, multiple picks, as well as young prospects and things of that sort. It's like for a player like Larry Nance, again, <laughs> a fine role player. If he's rumored to be getting any kind of trade package for multiple first round picks, that seems really ridiculous to me. So I, I just, it might, we're all kind of gearing up towards this big, busy trade season, but it might wind up being so quiet because it's just, it's un, impossible to make a, the right kind of trade at this point because you just, there are very few teams that have all those right assets in place to make a deal like that. Yeah, it, who knows what's going to happen with this deal. The other name that's been brought up a lot is uh, Nikola Vucevic. He is the Orlando Magic, like the one thing keeping them going right now. He was there at yeah. All-Star Week weeknight, and uh, Vuce is kind of a name that's been thrown around, but it's kind of one of those things where teams are interested in him. I'm not exactly sure the Orlando Magic are interested in sending him somewhere else, but I've heard that the, the Heat fans are really interested in Vuce right now. Oh, my God. I, I, I feel like... He's a great fit in Miami because with, with the passing ability of Bam Adebayo, the off-ball movement and cutting that helped propel them into a finals run last year, 
you get a guy like Vucevic, who's such an underrated playmaker, a guy who could stretch the floor, who does have a low post game, is a solid rebounder. Those are all areas of need for Miami. And so, you know, you, you think about the, the the loss of Jake Crowder as he signed with the Phoenix Suns this year, and then you get a guy like Vucevic, and he just adds all these other intangibles. Maybe he's not quite the switchable, versatile defender, but similarly to Brooklyn, you're probably going to be outscoring a lot of opponents because of his great passing and shooting. And conversely, you've also got Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo there. So from a defensive standpoint, you're also pretty good. Like, I mean, they've been slowly improving defensively over the course of the season where they're a top 10 defense now, much like they were last year. So I think even taking in a player like Vucevic, who might not be a strong defender he's probably not as bad as a lot of people think but he's not exactly a typical defender he can still go in there fit perfectly and bring a lot of what Miami fans are looking for from a passing and shooting perspective great fit but again like you said I don't think Orlando's trading him like they need to tear down maybe they need to rebuild they're they're not going to go anywhere this season despite his incredible play but you're missing Jonathan Isaac you're missing uh, Markel Fultz you know Aaron Gordon's been out for a number of weeks for injury like it's just a tough season right now I just don't know if Orlando is willing to trade a superstar who's been there maybe not a superstar a star level player who's been there when they were missing the playoffs for six straight seasons like now that you're finally in the playoff hunt again do you want to get rid of a player like that who's been through it all I just can't see it happening what kind of package would the Heat be able to put together for him like what's that's even a, that's another thing 26 too. million yeah that that I mean Kelly Olynyk's salary you know a couple first round picks uh, Andre Iguodala like th- those kinds of things make sense but you're just you know you're just throwing name maybe Kendrick Dunn or Tyler Hero also but like Hero given his age and his shooting and his talent and ability to eventually reach an all-star level I don't know why you'd want to trade a young player or asset like that for a player like Vucevic as good as he is I don't know that you want to make that kind of deal you're uh you're still on the the Tyler Hero can be an all-star thing huh that's still I, I remember last time I talked to you you were like he can be the next like Devin Booker Are you still on that with him <laughs> Maybe Devin Booker is a little far-reaching. I I think he's got the (laughs) potential. I mean, look, he was cast into a bad role early on where he was a starter, and he wasn't quite ready for that responsibility, especially when you're missing Jimmy Butler for three weeks, as you were. And so it's been like the heat. You forget they went through 17 different starting lineups to start the year before Jimmy finally returned back from health and safety protocols that took him out for that three-week period. And now you kind of sort of have a, a sense of normalcy and stability, but they've been missing key players here and there. They still haven't gotten their quote-unquote big uh, free agent acquisition in Avery Bradley to help shore up some of their defensive issues. Goran Dragic is their, one of the top three scorers on the team, has been missing a bunch of games. So it's hard for Hero to kind of reach that next step when there's so much instability around him. And look, he struggled from the field as well. I still think he's going to have those clutch moments during the second half of the season and even in the playoffs where he kind of is more like the player that we saw last year in the bubble. Yeah, and we've seen guys develop over the years too. It's not like you have to be second day out of the gate, you know, second year in this in a league show that he's you're. He's 21. He just turned 21. He's got plenty of time. 100%. Also, the Mavericks would, uh, I think they would raise you that starting lineup thing. I'm pretty sure they've had more than that, but it's been uh, it's been rough for our two teams yes, <laughs> over yes, the season. Uh, all right, there you go. That's locked on NBA today. There's so much to get to on tomorrow's show. Make sure you, you tune in to Locked On NBA. Also, if you're interested in the draft, really, really good episode today on um, Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, our guy Raphael was uh, was on with a coach from the, the Stockton Kings, the Kings G League team from the G League bubble. So he got a lot of really good stuff on some of those top players, uh, Kaminga, Green, you know, all those kind of guys that are down there with the G League Ignite team. So go check out that podcast if you're interested in those. And also subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft. We will be back tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Boom.